Welcome back to In The Zone. I, of course, am your host, Chris Broussard, and boy, do we have a show for you today. We've got a tremendous interview with Jamal Crawford of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Of course, we've got my man Jason McIntyre at the end for a segment of Knockdown J. And we want you to go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and subscribe to In The Zone. Leave us a comment and ideally, leave us five stars. But before we get into the show, I was in Los Angeles this week. I went to the Clippers game, I went to the Lakers game, both against the Philadelphia 76ers. I wanted to see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And boy, did both of them put on a show, especially Embiid. But Ben Simmons did his thing too. And in both games combined, he had 10 slam dunks. And that got a brother to thinking, hmm. Who do I think are the best game dunkers? Not slam dunk contest, game dunkers in NBA history. So here's my top five. At number five, Blake Griffin. Yes, Blake Griffin. Now this was a tough one. He edged Sean Kemp, the rain man, who I had trouble leaving off, but I had to go with Blake. Now you might remember 2008, Dwight Howard unveiled what I call the throwdown dunk in the slam dunk contest where he left from so far away from the basket, got up so high that he literally threw the ball into the basket. That's what I call a throwdown dunk when you throw it downward into the basket. Blake Griffin made a habit of this earlier in his career. He did this several times. I would even say that could be his signature dunk, the throwdown dunk. Ask Timothy Miles Goff and Kendrick Perkins about that. I'm Blake Griffin. At number four, now Michael Jordan. That's who I'm going with. A lot of people consider him the best player of all time. I'm on board with that. And some people even consider him the best dunker of all time because he had this tremendous combination of style and power that made him must-see TV while dunking in traffic and alone on the break. And just as you might expect from one of the most competitive athletes we've ever seen, he loved dunking on people. In an era when you could get hammered on your way to the basket, he dunked on every enforcer and seven-footer in the league, none more than his nemesis, Patrick Ewing. A jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements. At number three, Dominique Wilkins, or as we called him in the 80s and 90s, the human highlight film. No Dominique, man, jumping out of the gym. I would say that Dominique Wilkins is probably the most powerful dunker, pound for pound, pound for pound, that we have ever seen. Neek was incredible. He almost decapitated the legendary Larry Bird with one dunk. His specialties was a rebound dunk, or I call it a tip slam, where he catch a teammate's miss and in one fell swoop dunk it in one motion, occasionally or a lot of times over an opponent's entire front line. And then of course the double pump reverse or just a double pump period. But Dominique Wilkins, a lot of people would argue that he is the best dunker of all time, but obviously I've got two ahead of him. And at number two, Julius Dr. J Irving. Gotta catch Dr. J's. He is the undisputed, unquestioned godfather of the slam dunk. 
Here's how great Dr. J was when it came to dunking. He was in the NBA's first dunk contest, 1984, just a week before his 34th birthday. Can you imagine somebody being in the dunk contest at 34 and he still had enough legs left to finish second to Larry Nance who was nine years younger. Dr. J though, of course, most of his best dunks came when he was younger in the ABA, which unfortunately we don't have as much film on that, but that's when he really did his thing and emerged as the great doctor of dunk or Dr. J. And early in his NBA career, when he was dunking on seven footers like Bill Walton and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but his most iconic dunk, the rock the baby, rock the cradle slam dunk against the Lakers where he immortalized Michael Cooper in one fell swoop, one dunk, and sent Cooper literally, literally ducking for cover underneath the backboard. That happened when Doc was 33 years old. And so Dr. J has to be number two. And number one, the greatest dunker in NBA history, Vince Carter. Air Canada himself, Vince Sanity, whatever you wanna call him, Vince Carter is the greatest dunker in NBA history, period, the end. He was the perfect mix, the perfect blend of Michael Jordan with his style and grace and Dominique Wilkins with his power. And Vince would dunk on everybody. He emasculated the best shot blockers in the league during his time. Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo. Vince did it all. He was a point guard's dream because you could throw up an alley-oop anywhere. He'd catch it 10, 12, 15 feet from the rim and throw it down with tremendous power and flair and grace. And that is why half man, half amazing, Vince Carter is the greatest, the best, the top dunker in NBA history. Half man, half amazing. Yo, what's happening, man? You got it. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Of course, man. You about to start an uproar with your, your handles list, man. <laughs> I know you probably getting a lot of tweets. People like, yo, man, where you all at on the list? Uh, you were one that I hated to leave off. Uh, a lot of people uh, hit me about you and Allen Iverson and a couple other guys. What what what'd you think of uh, of my list? I honestly didn't have a problem with it. Like, I, I really honestly didn't. When you think about it, there's been so many great ball handlers, like so many people that you can make a case for that somebody's going to be left off at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, you got guys like, like Baron Davis, Steve Francis, Kenny Anderson. You know what I mean? Like, there's so yep. many great ball handlers at the end of the day who aren't going to make the list because you're only doing five. You yep. know, and, and, and I know that's kind of like the popular number for everything, you know top five rappers, you know what I mean? So yep, five is kind of yep. like the magic number. But with that, I just think somebody's going to be left off. And I, I remember telling you, I thought I had my five, but now going back and seeing, like, you know, all the names and all the people and just, it's, it's impossible. It really is impossible to do just five people. So you don't have a top five? I don't. I thought <laughs> I had a few that would be in there regardless. Yeah. But then once you start about it more like you start going back watching film on people and watching different people like it's it's impossible it really really is impossible to do it is and, there, and you can make an argument for any of these guys yeah yeah is there a guy 
that you would say had the most influence on you in terms of your handle? I would say mine was Isaiah Thomas and Allen Iverson more than anybody else. Do you have Jordan as the GOAT? Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay. Do, where do you kind of where where do you kind of fall in the LeBron? Like how you know there's a lot of debate LeBron versus Jordan. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think LeBron's honestly like and I've known LeBron since he was in high school. Honestly, I think LeBron's kind of his own thing. You know, I think he's like if you say okay, this is Magic Johnson, but he can jump like Jordan. Like he's mm-hmm. he's more Magic Johnson to me than he is Jordan. Like Kobe is more Jordan for me. Just from the makeup, the mentality, the scoring ability, you know, the way they kind of view the game. Like LeBron, he he would rather play the game. He plays the game with his his, his IQ first. Not saying these other guys don't, but they, they do it more so with, like, I'm going to impose my will. You know, I'm, I'm that's how Jordan and Kobe kind of do it. LeBron, his first thought is to get everybody off. You know, like, let me get you guys off. Let me get your shots. I'll take over when I need to. Mm-hmm. But he's more – don't forget when he came in the league, he was a point guard. Yep. So to me, he's more, you know, like cut from the Grand Hills, the Magic Johnson, uh, you know, that kind of cloth. And he just took it to a whole different thing. But that's who, to me, he is more so than Jordan. Who's the best player that you played against? I mean one-on-one, like that you guarded, that guarded you. You know what I mean? Who would you oh, say? Okay. Oh. What, what yeah. was that oh, like guarding him? You never knew what he was going to do. Like most people – Especially now, a lot of the guards, like we talked about, they do it with their handles. Kobe mm-hmm. does it with his footwork. You know, so his is so different because he can have you jumping. He'll pump fake three times until you don't jump anymore. Then he'll shoot. Like, he was such a technician. And he had the ultimate green light and the ultimate confidence. So he he just was – he was a nightmare to guard. Like, you knew that something bad was going to happen when you, when you were guarding him. Yeah. So, for me, he was, like, the toughest to guard. And then Allen Iverson and then Dwayne Wade. Okay. Those three were like the absolute toughest I ever had to go and match up with. Now, Isaiah, I know you're good friends with Isaiah Thomas, um, the one with brother, Cleveland yeah. now. Yeah. How, you know, Cleveland's struggling, um, but obviously, I mean, Isaiah's not there. When he gets back, first of all, do you know how healthy, you know, you think he'll come back 100% and how much you think he'll help Cleveland when he comes back? Oh, I have no doubt he'll be that guy that, like legit secondary score. You know what I mean? LeBron's kind of been missing. Obviously, you have guys who are very capable with D-Wade and J.R. and K-Love and Shumpert and Jeff Green will have big nights. And you have all those Derrick Rose, who I love. All those guys. But Isaiah, you know, you can put in 20-plus every single night. You can just put in the books. That's just his mentality. That's the way he can score the ball. And I think when you have a guy like that, it puts everybody else to kind of at ease. You know, they don't have so much pressure to try to do stuff and things become easier for the rest of the team. And he's, he's excited, and he's, he's working out more. He's doing a lot more, uh, you know, and, and he's responding well to the workouts he's doing. So I think it's just a matter of time now. But I'm excited just as a, besides him being like my brother, just uh, as a basketball fan, to see what their team looked like whole again. Yeah, I was going to say, is he, like, extra motivated? Because, you know, people – Kyrie's balling, obviously, in Boston, and they're winning. Um is he really extra motivated to come out and just show people, look, this wasn't a bad trade for Cleveland and all that stuff? Absolutely. And the thing about Isaiah, it could be summer league. If he hears somebody say something, and he hears everything, believe you me. <laughs> so if he hears somebody on the street, <laughs> if he hears somebody on the street say something, he's, he's like, where's he at? Let's go. He's motivated. That's just kind of – that chip now has become like a boulder. 
you know, on his shoulders. So he's 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 ready. And trust me, when he gets back on the court, and it's weird how things work out sometimes because he loves basketball like very few people I know. You know, he's watching every single game, no matter what it is. He's never, there's never been a time he's called me off, called him like, hey, let's go play, let's go shoot, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's, he's one of those guys. And for him to have the game taken away from you, you know, he just can't. It's like a whole different, he loved it and appreciated it more than almost anybody I know, but it's even a whole different level of appreciation when he gets back out there. Interesting. Now, you, um, you lived, I know, from Seattle, obviously, but you lived in Los Angeles or Inglewood for a good part of your, uh, you know, teenage years. Yeah, and the story, you know, it's been documented. You wanted to, you were living with your grandparents, and your dad was also in Inglewood, and you wanted to go back to Seattle. But, you know, your mom in Seattle kind of wanted you to have your dad's influence on you, and, you know, you were your grandparents. And so you secretly buried a suitcase in your backyard and 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 kind of <laughs> gradually packed it, you know, so they wouldn't notice all your clothes gone, and then flew to L.A., uh, I'm sorry, back to Seattle from a ticket secretly because a ticket that your sister has sent you. Um, kind of take me back to that story and, and why you did it. And then finally, I want to hear you talk about, like, what do you think would have happened to you or your life if you had stayed in Inglewood instead of going to Seattle? Well, for me, uh, I'm, you know, born and bred in Seattle, but I was back and forth between Seattle and Los Angeles because, you know, my dad, my grandmother lived down there, and my mom thought I needed, a, you know, a male role model in, in my life because I was pretty much, to be honest with you, at that age, you know, I'm eight, nine, ten years old coming in the house at 11, 12 at night. And I was like, uh-uh, you know, you're running with the wrong crowd. It's time to go with your dad. So I went down there. I was there from 13 to 16. We lived in Inglewood. Funny story, uh, Paul Pierce, who I knew in Inglewood, he was uh, in a barbershop one time. You know, we were both in a barbershop. And now, was he, what was, was he, you old. were 14? Okay. So how old was yeah, he? So he was like seven. So he 17, was like a senior in high school or something? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, this is the great Paul Pierce everybody's talking about. And he looked at me and like, ain't you supposed to be in school right now? I'm 14 years old. You know, I'm ineligible. I'm not going to class like I should be. <laughs> like, ain't you supposed to be in school right now? You know, so I knew Paul. We got into an argument from 14 to 18. Think about it. Go ahead. I make it to the NBA. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, you know, it's funny how life works out sometimes. But wow. anyway, Did he back, know you? Did yeah, he know you crazy. had game and that you were wasting it? No, he knew or- we were going to the city, exactly. The same barber was telling him, like, nah, he got game, P. He just got to get his stuff right, you know. And that's when P, like, really lit into me. Like, ain't you supposed to be in class? How you going to go anywhere? You ain't going to class. You know, because at that age, when you're a senior, you may have four classes or five classes or whatever. Yeah. You know, you got a little more leeway than the guys a freshman in school. So, yeah, he lit into me good. But uh, he had never even seen me play at that point, but he heard I was good. Okay. So go back, going back to that, I, uh, you know, I was like, man, I'm down here in L.A. I got all these rules. I'm going to church every Sunday. Nothing wrong with church. <laughs> um, it's just so much structure. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. as far as like, uh, you know, just I'm picking up dog poop. I got to water the grass sometimes. <laughs> like I just had so many chores and things that I didn't have in Seattle. Seattle, I was coming and going as I pleased. I'm, you know, 12, 13 years old, I'm coming at 11 at night. That's just, I was kind of the man of the house. Yeah. So from that, I'm like, man, I got I to gotta get out of here. You know, I got to get out of here. So finally... <laughs> I built up enough courage in my sister 
when I was 16, she sent me a plane ticket. But at that time, remember, it wasn't like electronic tickets. Like they sent the plane ticket. Yeah. So I'm getting to the, I'm getting to the mail before my my grandparents and my dad. I'm like, I need this ticket. <laughs> so I finally get the ticket. It's for like a month, month and a half from now. And what I did was my suitcase. I buried it in the backyard. So every day I wore an outfit. I just threw it in the, you know, take it out to the lines, water and grass or whatever, clean up the dog poop. I go drop my clothes in there. And of course, I didn't take everything because I couldn't, you know, yeah, like you tip it off clothes. and I was leaving. Yeah. So I left some clothes there. But that's what I did until the day finally came. And I finally got to the airport. And I remember a guy there, he was like, Where are you going, Seattle? I'm like, Man, the fans, like, who's following me? This is crazy. <laughs> but at that point, once I got to the airport, and they knew once I got to Seattle, they knew they couldn't get me back. But I also knew. Once I got back to Seattle, I was gonna get my stuff together and get serious about schooling, and the rest is history. You you worked out with Michael Jordan a lot, I think, when he was talking about coming back to play in Washington. Yes, yeah, the Wizards. What did uh-huh. you? What was that like? I mean, do, what were some? There any incidents or stories you remember that kind of illustrate how great he was, or how competitive or determined, or anything like that? Yeah, you know what? The first time. I actually met him. Tim Grover called me and was like, hey, Invincy, you can meet him. It was weird because my dad had told me that he really, you know, I'm hearing Jordan likes your game. You know, my <laughs> dad, by the way, played at Oregon with Kevin Love's dad. They played together. Okay. But he was like, I'm hearing Jordan likes your game. I'm like, man, come on, dad. Like, how are you going to hear that? This is before <laughs> social media. This is, you know, this is awesome. Whatever. So anyways, yeah. one day I get drafted by Chicago. Tim Grover calls. He's like, hey, NJ said you can meet him. He calls me early. I'm like, all right. So I get down there at about 6.30. No, about 7. I get down there about 7 o'clock. Jordan's in there working out. It's just me, him, and Grover in the weight room. And we're talking. I'm like, I'm, I can't believe I'm in here with Michael Jordan. Like, this is the first time I ever met him. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. He had been there since 5.30 in the morning. He was trying to make a comeback, and he was 40. So I'm like, this dude's 40 years old, and he's working wow. out at 5.30 in the morning. Like, so that was the, that, that struck me initially. Like, he, when I went in there, I don't know if you've ever seen that thing in the weight room where you kind of put those uh, those booties on your feet and you can slide like a defensive slide. He was doing that drill when I walked in there. I'll never forget it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then it got to a point we started playing together. And, uh, you know, if he happened to lose, at first he would play without me and he would lose and he would go sit in the corner by himself like he lost the championship game. He would not <laughs> talk to anybody. I walked in there. And then it got to a point he wouldn't play until I got there because I had to work out with the Bulls at the Burrow Center, drive 30 minutes downtown. And then we, from that point on, we played together two summers and never lost one game. In two summers, every single day. Really? Wow. Yeah, wow. and I felt my game coming to another level. Like, it was crazy. Like, playing with him. You know, when you play with better people, you become better. And yep. it just, like, I, I felt my game going to a whole different level. And he really, like, took me under his wing. I started going to his house. Start, you know, it was just like normal. Like he's the person, to be honest with you, he's the guy who told me where to go to get my surgery for my ACL really? in Alabama. Because you remember he was down there in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah like he, yeah. it was like that's it. I, I, Take I, it a step further. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Take it a step further. Michael Jordan is the one that made the introduction with Jay Z happen. Imagine being so cool with Michael Jordan. He's like, I'm like, man, I want to meet Jay Z. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. You know. So imagine that. <laughs> so you told him you you wanted to meet Jay Z, and he made it happen. Yeah, he made it happen. He picked me to be in a commercial with him. Uh, I was in the commercial when he was the, I don't know if you remember that, it was a Gatorade commercial, when he was the old Jordan versus the younger Jordan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He picked me to be in that with him. And he had somebody do the dunk scenes, but he picked me to be in that with him as well. 
And I just saw him again this summer to reconnect, and it was cool. My son went to his camp, and my nephew went to his camp, actually. A lot of pe- people, you see a lot of players mature in leaps and bounds over the course of their career. You know, what is it like to be a 20-year-old kid, sometimes even younger, and all of a sudden you maybe, maybe you grew up without a lot of money, and all of a sudden you're a multimillionaire with basically the world – at your hands. You know, you can do whatever you want to do. That has to be a, a tough transition. I hate to say tough, but you know what I mean? Like, to all of a sudden you got all the money you you could dream of and you can meet all these celebrities and you got people treating you like a superstar. I think people don't realize how much of a transition that can be for a kid, you know, all of a sudden to have that overnight. Right, and there's no real manuscript for it. It's no manual. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's 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 almost it's almost a surreal feeling. You know, it's, imagine if somebody on the street right now just happened to win the lottery for twenty million dollars. Like, dang, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like I, I do, what, what do I do now? Yeah. Go get a fine. You know what I mean? Just whatever it is, I can go do this stuff you dreamed about the day before. Like you know, whether it was a car, a house, getting your mom a house. Stuff you dreams like was so far fetched because they're dreams and you want goals, but still, you know, a lot of people don't don't get a chance to accomplish their dreams or reach their dreams. So it's so it's like, how can you, you know, condemn somebody who's never had anything and now they can have everything? Yeah, they're gonna act a fool. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if there's not somebody in their corner or coming from a stable situation or mentors or the guidance where they know. Because why else would they know? You know what to do. Yeah, I saw there, I read, um, I think it was in the Undefeated story about how you were gambling a lot early on, you know, and you lost like a, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, you know, and and that was something I've always done when I was a kid in high school, you know, eighth grade, I used to shoot dice, you know, and and gamble, obviously it was never for that amount, it'd be for ones or it'd be, Mm -hmm. you know, for lunch or whatever it might be, and obviously, you know, the more you come into, the more you can win or lose. You know, so yeah. for me, I, I got into it, and then I, I got deeper than I needed to get. I lost, ended up losing the car, and that was it. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> like I really lost. I took my basketball out right here, and I never did it again with, you know, people like that. Did you say like you lost street, your car? Like yeah, yeah. So you had to get out of the car, like that, right that moment somebody took your car? That was it. I took my basketball out. You got it. So and I you had to walk home. <laughs> yep. That's wow. It. What kind but, of car was but it? For me, it was a Mercedes. But for me, it was great. Not that I lost the car, but it was great that I learned from that. And I never, like, it's not, sometimes in life it's not a loss, it's a lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, that was an absolute lesson. It's something I never did again. But imagine, and that's when I was on my rookie contract. So imagine now with the money I made in my career, if I still had had that problem or had not been through it. Now the loss would be way more because I have way more, you know, money and access to things. You know, so I'm yeah. glad I went through it in my first couple of years and was done with it. Wow, that's I'm I'm still tripping off the car. Like that moment, it was like somebody else drove off in your car. <laughs> you, yeah, you was, was just it. left with the my, my shiny, my shiny, my shiny ride, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, this, <laughs> this is serious, right? But you were just you just left the super team. I I say all the time. I mean, the Clippers had a top five point guard in Chris Paul, top five center in DeAndre Jordan, top five power forward in Blake Griffin, a great shooter, J.J. Redick, one of the best six men of all time in you. Like, 
Why do you think it didn't work there with the Clippers? I think, honestly, I think it was, part of it was, I'm not sure we were mentally tough enough for it to work. You know, when things are going good and everybody's, you know, rolling, everything's easy. But when things get tough and then you splinter and you don't respond well, you know, those, and sometimes we did respond well. I remember one series we played San Antonio, which, by the way, was the toughest series I've ever played in my life, like a team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we lost, I think, we were down 2-1, had to go win game four in their court. We are down 3-2, had to go win game uh, six on their court, and then had to win game seven with CP getting hurt. So we showed some resolve and, and some, uh, you know, like real heart and character, but other times we didn't. And then other times our best two players got hurt in mm-hmm. the playoffs. It wasn't like it happened in December and they had two months to come back, like, you know, so it was some of it was bad luck and some of it was self-inflicted. But you're right. I think we were one of the – if you look, I mean, at that, that time period, we won like the third or fourth most games in five years. Like yeah. we, we were really, really, like really, really, really good team who had the potential to, I thought, get to the championship. I read – I think it was the Sports Illustrated story where you said you'd never been yelled at by a teammate the way C, Chris Paul would yell at you. What was that like and what was he like as a teammate? Oh, he was great as a teammate. He was unbelievable. But I had never been yelled at like that. So I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> like it takes you all the way back to your childhood. Like, you ain't going to yell at me like that, you know. <laughs> but then once you once you learn Chris and once you get to know him and once you see, that's just who Chris is. Chris would yell at his dad if he was on the court. Like, it's not nothing mm. personal because Chris is really just trying to win. Like, that's all it comes down to. He's not trying to embarrass you. He's not saying it for his own. Uh, game, he's not saying it for anything else but to win that night. Mm-hmm. And once you learn that, then you don't hear the yelling no more. You just hear the message and what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. And that was the first year. I'm like, okay. By the midseason, I'm like, oh, okay. He's not yelling at me like that. He's he's yelling for the betterment of the team. Yeah. And once you see that, then it you know then it became like, oh, okay. You start tuning that part of it out, and you just tune what he's what he's saying. Like, okay, I got you. Well, you I don't even know if you know this. You're about to pass Dr. J in points, in NBA scoring. You need like 167 points to pass him. Did you know that? Were you aware of that? I wasn't aware it was that close. But, I, you know, once you start going, the names start jumping out. Like when I pass Magic or Pistol Pete, I'm like, man, this is – I would have never <laughs> – if you would have told me I was a kid, you'll pass Magic Johnson in points or Pistol Pete in points one day, I would have never believed you. You know, so to pass Dr. J and, and these guys, like, come on, man. I had the Dr. J who. That was the first hoop I ever had with his face on the on the on the uh on the backboard. Wow. And I actually have a picture of him this summer. Well I was at the, I went to the big three and me and my picture together and he, he was talking to me and he really likes my game. I'm like, this is Dr. J. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like this is a dream. And sometimes people don't get it until it's too late. Yeah. But I'm able to really take it in even while I'm in the moment. Like, this is Dr. J. Like I've I've never been jaded. I've always been humbled by that. Like, this is Dr. J. This is guys I grew up admiring. Yep. So, for me, that's just, like, it's amazing. So, right. what what player you said uh, that you would build it around? If you had to start a team today, who would you start it with? Oof. Like a young player? Most like likely. Like an age? Like, we don't yeah, cause like younger or 23 or younger? Cause you, you, yeah, because you're saying, you know, you're building a team for the future, not to win the mark. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I say a young player. All right. Okay. Are we saying they're all healthy? Yep. Uh, if it's all healthy, I got to go to Embiid. Yeah, he's a monster. 
Yeah, he's a monster. Well, he's really. I, I've been him here worked out with him where he's shooting threes, like making them repeatedly. Like so, I've seen his work. Like if we're going all healthy and like you know nobody can get hurt, it's just I'm going with. I think Embiid. So you would because a lot of people. I, I think a lot of people would go with him too, but a lot of people might also say, well, the big man error is kind of dead. You know what I mean? It's you need a, a, yeah, a three-point shooter or whatever. Go ahead. Right. But when you're that good, I think you kind of transcend anything. You know what I mean? Because think about it. Before Steph and Golden State, they didn't think you could really win a championship shooting threes. Oh, yeah. You're you know what I right. mean? So you got you to gotta kind of break the mold. And I think he's that talent that could break the mold. Oh, healthy. Um, your best Ron Artest story when you guys were with the Bulls? The best Ron Artest story is when it was actually when he got traded from the Bulls to Indiana. He was still coming back to Chicago to sleep in his bed at night at first because he couldn't sleep when he got traded down there. <laughs> yeah, I think it, he was driving back to Chicago to uh, you know to get a good night's rest and then go back to Indiana. <laughs> wow, how long did he do that? No, I don't think it lasted long, but he did it a couple of times for sure. Wow, that's incredible. Because he couldn't get a good – he couldn't sleep in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't sleep. Wow, that is a great story. Last thing, man, when you retire, whenever that is, will you play in the big three? I have to. I have <laughs> to go play in the big three. I have to go, I have to go play in that for at least one summer because – no matter when I retire now, I'm going to be playing in some gym, random gym somewhere across the country. So why not go play in the Man, Big Three? Man, I, I could see you having like a 10-year career in the Big Three. <laughs> as much as you love the, the game? One year. <laughs> yeah, I'll be one year in the Big Three. Me and Cube, I told him, I said, man, when I retire, I'm coming. He's like, man, we'll be ready for you. So <laughs> I'll play one year in the Big Three whenever I retire, and then I'll just be in local gyms all across the country. Wow. Well, yo, man, I appreciate the time. Uh, great stories. And um, good luck for the rest of the season, man. Have a great year. I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. Thanks All right. for having me, man. Anytime. All right, brother. Peace. Well, we want to thank my man Jamal Crawford for that tremendous interview on In The Zone. And now I am joined by none other than Jason McIntyre. Back great to destroy to you, here. Chris, up in your house. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, he joins me every week. He usually comes with foolish and outlandish takes that I easily brush aside, okay. and that's why we call it Knock Down Jay. Fair enough. Because I knock down your opinions. What do you have for me this week? Okay, well, Chris, you this week went to see the Lakers-Sixers game. You enjoyed yes, that? Uh, yes. Hanging out with Floyd Mayweather, your boy. Yeah, it okay. was talk to Floyd. Maybe. You know I've been gassed up on the Celtics for a while. Other guys at this network bash Danny Ainge, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving. I love what they're doing. Okay. I think they are set up with Tatum. Uh, they're set up with uh, Jalen Brown. Got a lot of young talent. I believe they are going to dominate the East for a while. However, you disagree. You believe there's another team in the East that can contend with the Celtics. My statement today, who has a brighter future in the East, the Celtics or the 76ers? I say Boston. Oh, it isn't even a question. Philadelphia. Now we are assuming we have. Assume. To, Let's I mean, assume. You're no, starting I don't, don't want to sit here. I don't want to sit here and argue if a dude's gonna stay healthy. I mean, that's Given just not a, that's not an exciting conversation. One, two, three, so you okay? But we're assuming Joel Embiid will stay healthy. I hope he does. I love. Okay, so if he stays healthy, mm -hmm. 
There is no question. It isn't even close. Your boys in Boston will be like lucky this. to even like be in the same conversation. Wow. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. They will be lucky to be in the same conversation with Philadelphia if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons stay healthy. Okay. Embiid and Simmons are transcendent players. They can be, listen to me. Jason Tatum's listen not to transcendent. Me good. No. He's good. He could be an all-star. Jalen Brown can be an all-star. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is an all-star mm-hmm. and going to be a Hall of Famer. But Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid both can be all-time okay. great. Let me counter you with something. I, I don't disagree with that. I love okay. Simmons. I love Embiid. Like their ceiling is much, not only ceiling, they will be better than all three of those players on Boston. I don't totally if, doubt you. Okay. I don't disagree with that. However, who's got the better GM, Boston or Philly? For building a roster, Boston or Philly? Brian Colangelo has got a nice resume. Let me ask you again, Boston. Or, I mean, come on, Danny Ainge. Oh, Danny Ainge has not been perfect. Oh boy. I mean, when Danny Ainge first got to Boston, it was trade Antoine Walker. Oh no, let's and go young. No, let's bring back Antoine Walker. The run they had before. Hold on, let me finish. Oh, well, well, this is resume. You acting like the dude is Greg Popovich? Before they got the big three. They were had a bad stretch of games where Doc Rivers could have got fired, okay? And then his boy Kevin McHale gets him Kevin Garnett. And I like Ainge. I'm with you I that like he's you, very I good. Like you but that. you're acting like he's just Mike, the Michael Jordan of GM. I mean, he's been like that the saying, last few years. Okay, let me move on to my second question. Okay, better GM. Billy King you're saying it's out. up in the air. But I say that's, Danny But, but that's what we argue in GM. Better coach. Oh, Brad Stevens. And Brett Brown's a good coach. He's though. a good coach. Okay, but, but Brad, Brad Stevens, Stevens yeah, could right, be yeah. in the Popovich discussion already well, Pop's for best, best coach in the but league. But he's Stevens is right there behind. Okay. Pop. And do we know if Ben Simmons can shoot from outside the paint? And I'm being honest. I love Ben Simmons. I feel like he's a Magic Johnson type player. Chris, he can't shoot. But right you now. can't. He doesn't have to. Oh, because be Markel Fultz is the shooter, right? No, yes, yes, because Fultz can Robert shoot. Covington is I the like shooter. Covington. JJ Redick is the shooter. Uh, we don't know if Redick's going to be there long term. He just well, signed a okay, one year deal. Okay, but right now, I agree. I agree. But still, you put shooters around. Now, I think Simmons, from what I'm told, he works hard on it. They're working with him every day. They yes. got a shooting coach working with him. He will probably become, I think, an adequate shooter. But even if he isn't, the dude stays in the paint. First of all, he'll post you up. He too. will post you up. But he gets in the paint whenever he wants. Has his lack of a Jay Hurdy so far? 12, He's 12 18 games in his career, game. 11 games in. I understand. Chris, I also want to add this. And, and again, I've been high on the Sixers. I told Your you preseason. Your argument is GM and coach. Wait, no, no, I'm not even I'm done. arguing who's on the I court. I told who's you preseason the Sixers were going to win more games than the Clippers, and you and others laughed at me. I the, remember the that. 76ers I laughed at you for many reasons. Look I remember incredible, that. but again, the league right now is built on three-point shooting, and and the Celtics ha- are better at three-point shooting. They are a better defensive team right now, and I love the Sixers' upside, but Boston is just much better built in position for the future with all young guys. No injury history, and again, they just rattled off, what, 11 or 12 in a row with no Gordon, Gordon Hayward. Hayward. had a huge injury. He has no injury history prior to that. No, and Hayward just, just yeah. uh, we, they, we don't even know what they look like with Gordon Hayward. So you can see it, it's Boston. 
No. Can we go on to number it, two? It, it is in, it, there is no, Philadelphia is set, my man. Oh my Joel God. Embiid is unstoppable. All right, moving on. You know it. You know it. Moving when, when on. You, when your argument is Danny Ainge and Brass. I just think that's the beginning. You're not going to take a jump shot? No. <laughs> Philadelphia. Moving on freedom, to question baby. two, Chris. So last week here on the pod, I gassed up the Lakers as they're getting LeBron. They're positioning themselves for LeBron. Uh, I heard you on Colin Cowherd's show this week saying uh, a team in the East has a shot at Mr. James, and you believe it's the Knicks. Who do you believe has a better shot at LeBron? I think, without question, it's the Lakers above the Knicks. I'm not talking about shot. I mean, we, nobody knows what in the world LeBron James is going to do. He may stay in Cleveland. What about your guy, Matt Carter or Rich to, Paul? Well, not, I, did you have I mean, dinner with them this week? Like, what? Look, the, Rich Paul was on the herd. He, he said he had no idea. No idea. No clue. He has no clue <laughs> he what's he in LeBron. No idea. No, he's only known him since grade school. He well, just look, has no idea what LeBron is. LeBron, I, look. I don't, I'm not going to guess what he's going to do. I will say this. Nothing is set. Like the Lakers, this idea that he's definitely going there, as I've said before, is overblown. What I will say is this. If he leaves Cleveland and wants to go to a big, sexy market, because if he leaves Cleveland, first of all, the best place to go is San Antonio. <laughs> I mean, sir, he if he going, goes to he San Antonio. He ain't going to San Antonio. You can write that not. in permanent if wants, marker. If he wants to win rings... He will go to San Antonio. If he goes anywhere else, he probably won't win another no, ring. I mean, San Antonio is really built for the future, right? They got uh, Gasol's aging, LaMarcus Aldridge is aging. That's a great well, everybody's roster. Everybody's aging, but I mean, geez, LaMarcus Aldridge is, sti- is Aldridge is still in his prime. He, everybody and was Kawhi ready to Leonard ship him out of town still, last postseason. They ready to ship him now? Well, 12 I mean, games we, in. We you're overreacting. This dude's a, a perennial all-star. I'm overreacting? He's a perennial all-star. But, but that's not my point. My point is, if he wants to go to a big, sexy market and leave Cleveland, not go to San Antonio, he would be better off in New York with the Knicks than in L.A. with the Lakers. Here's why. Let me count the ways. Number one, Chris Stops Porzingis, second leading scorer in the league, 30 points a game, is better than anybody on the Lakers and anybody who will be on the Lakers in the foreseeable future, unless LeBron went there. Does that include Paul George? Yes. He is better than Paul George. Okay, that's a hot Maybe take. not this moment. I mean, you can argue it now. But he, going forward, next season, by that time, he'll be better than Paul George. Okay. He's better than Brandon Ingram will ever be. He's going to be better <laughs> than Kyle Kuzma will ever be. He's going to be better than Lonzo Ball will ever be. I can't, I can't disagree with him. All right, so <laughs> you got a 7-3 dude who could be the next Dirk Nowitzki and then some, and LeBron would be perfect with him. And you stay in the East. Now, we, I love Philadelphia is their future, but it's going to be a few years before they become dominant, mm-hmm. I believe. And even if they do get really good, LeBron can outplay Ben Simmons for the next few years. And then you got Embiid and Porzingis. He's not going to be able to stop Embiid, but Porzingis will get hit. Nobody will, apparently. I mean, well, greatest player in NBA history after half a season. I didn't say all that, but I'm just telling you the truth. Okay. Right? What, uh, now, so... And you stay in the, like I said, you stay in the East. Why go to the West? Here, how about this? And I don't think you'll even disagree with this. If LeBron goes to New York next year, they are in the finals, the Knicks. If he goes to L.A. next year with Paul George, they are not in the finals. I, I can't disagree. I can't agree with that. I'm sorry. I can't. So what, what do you think? I, mean, I they, still if think he goes Boston, to New York, they don't. Well, first of all, let's Boston back up. Boston beats them? Have you looked at the Knicks roster? 
I mean, they have to have move heaven and earth to make room for LeBron. And everybody, that, Houston moves heaven and the earth. The Lakers don't summer. have to do Golden jack squat. can move heaven and they, Golden These State teams have, no have positioned they, themselves for Gold, it. The, no. the Knicks have awful contracts on the books. I'm a Knicks fan for 20 years. They have terrible contracts on the books. They just gave Hardaway 70. They got oh, uh, that's not uh, a Noah's contract. got a lot of money left on it. They, 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 I think you're hold forcing on, hold on, the hold issue on. with the Knicks. Hold on. Go first of all, the Lakers have to move contracts no, they, to they, get the Luel Deng situation two, will work itself out. Oh, so that'll work itself out, but the Knicks can't move. Oh, they got like it. six guys they got to Golden State met with Dwight Howard when he was a free agent. They had no cap room. I mean, teams do this all the time nowadays. So let's not let that bog down the argument. The argument is about basketball. And the Knicks, if they got LeBron next year. You think Boston would be better than LeBron and Kristaps Porzingis? I do. I will ride with Boston, healthy with Gordon Hayward and the oh, full entourage. Gosh, please, boy, that's an incendiary I'm, take. I'm sweating just hearing players. about this. I'm a little nervous because I'm a Knicks fan. You know that. All right, we got to move on to the final topic, Chris. Are you ready for this one? I don't know if I'm done with because the Knicks, you, you're the so Knicks gassed thing. up on Embiid after one game and seeing him live at, no, at Staples. Were you in the locker room games. with the? I saw him against the Clippers. Yeah, he demolished was dominant. DeAndre he Jordan. Destroyed him and demolished. Uh, so I'm gonna make Julius a statement Randall. here, and you agree with me, <laughs> Julius Randle. By the way, what was Luke Walton thinking? Let's move on. Look, that's the antidote to this small ball lineup. You, who's who's uh, you, going to You should have put Bogut in there in the final few minutes. Andrew Bogut did okay on him. He might have, but still, at any rate. Uh, Anthony Davis is still the best big man in the NBA, period, fact, your response. Joel Embiid is the best <laughs> big man. I'm telling you. Hey, Chris, I, I, I got let me look, ask, let me ask I'm, you right I'm the gate. Patient, How I'm many back-to-back games has Joel Embiid played in his career? They're only, what, four, they lowered the number of back-to-back games now. If I don't get the dude on back-to-back, I still want Joel Embiid in here as well. I why. love him. Now, I like Anthony Davis. But when's the last time he's been in the playoffs? Well, once. And One they time, got swept and they got the, swept. Uh, okay, yeah. it's about time now in his career. He's, what, fifth, sixth, fifth season, something like that. It's about time you start winning. Yeah, he's got a garbage roster. DeMarcus Ab- Cousins is garbage? Anybody else want him? DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah, yes, who, 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 wants want who wants DeMarcus Cousins? Tell me. Tell a me what team want right want now. DeMarcus oh, Cousins. yeah, the market's so big for DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> By the way, who are the now starting you, guards in DeMarcus New Orleans? DeMarcus Cousins is averaging 28 points. I don't care. Points. He averaged that in Sacramento and, and they didn't win a damn game. Chris. Get out of here with DeMarcus Cousins. And they did Cousins. win a game. Who are the guards <laughs> in New Orleans? Anyways. Drew Holiday. Ooh, oh, jeez. Oh, those guys. How Who's hurt? But he's. Hold on. All right, let me get back to you. This is what I. Joel Embiid has every move in the book, so to speak, you know, not every move, but back to the basket, he can do his do his thing. Face up, he can do his thing. Mid-range jumper, he can do his thing. Can take the three, can hit free throws, and he is nasty. Every time he gets the rock, he is looking to do damage. He is. He, he is can. aggressive. Okay, we know he's great defensively too, and he's seven foot two. I like Anthony Davis, but if I could choose one player among the big men, and I love Carl Anthony Towns, who I would take over Anthony Davis. I would say Carl is second, but if Embiid is healthy, Embiid is right. far and Let me away get the, last word in here. the best big Can man. we see him play a game in April before we declare him the best big man in the league? No, That's I don't it. need A, a late-season game before he tears up his knee or gets injured. And I don't, I'm not wishing an injury on him. Well, I why like are you bringing Embiid. it up? I just need a little bit more in before such I graphic him detail. the best big man in the league. Chris, I, I love this, man. This is fun. 
Sorry, you I like you like that. punishment. You yeah. like you like me. I like dominating. This is the second week in a row I'm two and oh that now. I have not. I'm undefeated. Down Jay. <laughs> now you you did okay, man. For right, God, it doesn't know basketball. You did. Oh, too. you had All to right. go there. All right, y'all. Look, thank you for tuning in to In the Zone. We hope you enjoyed it. We gave our top five, my top five, the definitive. The list of slam dunkers. How'd you? What do you think about no that? No disagreement, actually. No disagreement. Uh, Kyle Kuzma just narrowly missed them. Well, I tell you what, Kuzma had a nice attempt yesterday on NB. But my top five dunkers: Jamal Crawford joined us on the telephone, and of course my man Jay Back, who I knocked down. But look, tune in, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, leave a comment, give us five stars, and then we'll see you next week on In the Zone. Never surrender, never storm in the weather, yeah. conquer the pressure. pressure, how do I measure, measure. legend forever, forever, I'm in my zone, yeah. I'm in my zone.